Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life-giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. If you have your Bibles today, we're going to be in one verse. If you've been with us for the last few weeks, you're like, wow, trust me, I'm I'm letting the guys off back in the back after this series we did previously. But we're going to be in one verse. It's probably the, the most quoted verse when anybody talks about parenting. And it's found in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And you've heard it. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, you remember it? He will not depart from it. You know why that's such an amazing verse that everybody knows and, and everybody quotes? is because it's also the most misunderstood, misinterpreted scripture in God's word. In fact, I can remember for many, many years, I thought this was a promise. I thought, hey, if if your kid studies God's word, and if you go to church and you pray for your kid, then then God's made you this promise that when you get older, guess what? He's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. What if I told you that that's not, has nothing to do with what this, this verse isn't even a promise. In fact, this verse is actually a warning. You say, well, I don't get that. How is it a warning? Because I want to show you today, I want to break down this verse. I want to actually go back to the Hebrew. And I want to show you actually the way this verse is literally read and some of the things that are in it. There's an idiom in it that doesn't really translate into the English. And so that's the reason why it's, it's worded the way that it is. But if we study it in the original text, you start realizing, oh, my goodness, there's something more to that. But more importantly than that, that aspect of that one verse, I want you to ask yourself, and how does that apply to me, and what am I going to do different? So if you will, again, join me if you have a paperback or wherever you may be. We need to look at this verse for just a second. I need to kind of give you the, 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 the wow behind it. Number one, the original language of this verse this is the Old Testament. If you have a Bible that you are reading, your New Testament was written in Greek. Your Old Testament was written in Hebrew. That's one of the ways you can tell some of the validity of what's going on because it was because of the times in which it was going on. Uh, Alexander the Great has come on the scene, and the Greek influence in this Mesopotamian era is going to really explode. So by the time Jesus' words are recorded, Greek is more prevalent compared to the original language of the Hebrews, which was Hebrew. And so if you ever study God's Word and want to get to the original text, I took several years of Greek. I did not take years of Hebrew uh, because, uh, nay, nay, that, whew, no, thank you. I, I, I took about one day, and I was like, can I drop that class, please? All right, and so they don't even read the right way. I was like, you got to start from the left to the right? Like, excuse me? And, uh, but it's the way it's worked in letters and accents, and it's really amazing, but it's still a very amazing, pure language. And, and one of the things that you're going to see in this particular verse is what's called an idiom. Now, an idiom is a, is a group of words that really doesn't make sense, but it means something different than what it says. Uh, for example, you've heard this, it's raining cats and dogs. Now, if I say that, you all go, oh, it's raining cats and dogs. We know that what? That it is raining extremely hard outside. Like, we're not going out there like, here comes pooch, and here comes, you know, like, you know, the old joke, be careful so you don't step in a poodle. <laughs> be here all week, folks. Got dad jokes, right? But it, it's, I mean, it's an idiom, Okay. It's one of those things that, that people will say different things. In fact, I wrote down some other idioms just to help you understand. Uh, I love the one where it says, I hope they see the light. You know, like people are unclear about something. You're trying to explain something to them, and you're going, I hope they see the light. And you're going, well, you, they die? 
No, we're, we're hoping that they go from being undecided to understanding what's going on. But it's one of those things that it's just idioms. They don't make sense. Well, in this particular scripture in the Hebrew, there's an idiom that we don't even know how to, to put it into our context. In fact, Hebrew language, they love to use different aspects as far as the human body. So a lot of times they would use these different sayings, and I'll give you some examples of those. Uh, for example, uh, there's one concept in Deuteronomy chapter 4, uh, verse 34, when they're talking about how God brought the Hebrew people out of Egypt with his mighty hand and outstretched arms. Now, actually, we know that, that he didn't have a hand sticking out there, and, oh, there's an arm, and they were following that, that he was leading them with a pillar of fire by night and by uh, different things during the day. And so it's amazing. Or you remember Job who cried out uh, in his, to his oppressors in Job 19.20, he said, my bones stick to my skin and to my flesh, and I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. And you have heard that so much, and we actually made that a part of our English language. Like, whoo, man, I, I escaped by the, just the skin of my teeth. But that's an idiom. In this particular verse where it says, train up a child in the way he should go, actually what it says in the Hebrew language, and you can go ahead and throw it up there. I got them to write it out and put it on the screen as well. But it says this, dedicate a child in the way of his mouth, and when he is old, he will not turn aside from it. Now, that didn't really translate very well because we don't know what it means when we say, train up a child in the way of his mouth. And you're like, what? what? I, don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to translate that. Like, how do you do that? In fact, if we were to study God's word, the way of the mouth throughout Scripture is talking about things that people say. But there's one particular time in Leviticus that's really, really cool. It's Leviticus chapter 24, verse 12, where the way of the mouth, the Hebrew word that's used there, is translated the will of the Lord. And that's extremely important because it gives us a connotation back to this scripture. Because what this scripture is actually talking about is train up a child in his own way or his own will. So it would be appropriate to actually translate this dedicate a child into his own ways, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, or he will not turn aside from it. You say, Mickey, what's the point? Well, let me give you a little bit more context so you'll understand what I'm talking about. One of the things that's going on in this particular chapter, if you look at chapter 22, is it's actually given us all these, these no's and all these things that we don't want to do. In verse 5, it says, keep away or suffer consequences. In verse 7, it says, don't borrow or suffer the consequences. In verse 8, it talks about don't do unjust or be unjust or suffer the consequences. And so if we look at the context and we put chapter 6 in there, there's no reason that, it, that this writer is going to be saying, okay, don't do this, don't do this, don't, oh, but right here I want you to do this. Actually, what he was saying is do not allow your child to do his own thing. Because if you allow him to do his own thing when he's old, he's going to keep doing his own thing. See, I, I want you to catch this. Listen to me. This is not a promise. It's not even a principle. This is actually a warning that we have to understand, not just about children, not just about babies, but also about you and me. If given the ability to do things my way, I'll stay there 10 out of 10 times. 
When it comes to what I want and what I think is right and what my way is, compared to what God's word says and what he calls me to, if you let me start dwelling on my own life, my own way, my own will, I get so comfortable in that that no matter where I'm at in a stage of life, I'm not going to change it. In fact, you have seen that. You've watched people that go through different stages in life. I'm 48 years old. Everybody says, oh, you hit a midlife crisis. I got five kids. I ain't got time for a midlife crisis, all right? But it's one of those things that, that you hit different stages, and all of a sudden people start trying to, to find their way. And I want you to know that coming off of this end-time prophecy and with some of the things we've got coming up, I want you to know that today's a day for us to really ask ourselves, are we more concerned with what we want or what God wants? Like, I'm not going to do a big parenting message, all right? Not everybody in the room is a parent, but most of us have children or grandchildren or, or are going to be having children. And I'm telling you, from the day my children were born, and I got some wonderful kids, there was never a time that I had to teach my kids how to do wrong. Now, their mother models it real well. But it's one of those things, there was never a time that I'd be like, hey, you know what? Here's what I need to teach you, because this is how you can do it the wrong way. Like, let me tell you something. When I come and ask you a question and you didn't do it the right way, let me show you how to lie about it. All those things were so natural. In fact, the whole time in raising children, even when we were in student ministry, and all of those students were like our own kids, in talking to them, nobody ever struggled we're doing it the wrong way. The only thing that I've ever seen people struggle with is, is how do I do it the right way? And it made me start thinking about this scripture and also thinking about the aspect of what this is tied to. Because this scripture is actually linked to a concept of Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. And I'm going to get there in just a minute, but, but I just want you to know, if you are a parent, can I... Can I speak to you for just a second? I did student ministry for 25 years. Amy and I used to joke around because I, he's like, oh, you got five kids. You must like kids. Nope. No, I don't. Mm-mm. They say, why you got five kids? It's not because I like kids. That's all I'm saying. All right? But it's one of those things that, that Amy and we joke around. We're like, okay, I'll tell you what. If, if you can get them, Amy, because she got early childhood development degree, and she's an amazing mom, and she's like, if I get them to teenage, I'm going to give them to you. And I'm like, yeah, and, and, man, we had wonderful kids. I don't know if I did everything I need to do. We got wonderful adults now, and one's still a teenager. But it's one of those things that as we were going through that, let me speak to you. Here's one of the things that Amy and I realized at a very, 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 very early, early stage in our life with having kids. That if we wanted to have kids, we had to start acting like we had kids. Like when I think about raising children... I think less about what you want the child to be and more to do with, like, what are you going to model for the child to be? Like, I, I just finished. I've been in this season of weddings, and, and, and I still got one more to come, and I'm so excited about it coming up in December. And one of the things I tell all those couples when we go through premarital counseling, and I say, let me help you out. I'm going I'm to help you resolve some of the most major conflicts you'll ever have in your life. Rule number one when you get married. Start acting like you're married. 
Like all of a sudden, it's not, hey, I'm going to go play golf with the guys. Hey, I'm going out with the girls. Hey, no, no, hey, you're married. That doesn't mean you can't still do some of those things. But I get so tickled how people can't wait to be married to get married and act like they're single. Just like I laugh at people that pray about having kids and then have kids and then act like they ain't got none. They go, oh, yeah, what are you doing tonight? Well, I, you know, we went out to eat last night, you know, and kids got school in the morning, so we had to shut it down a little bit early. We was able to get in about 11 o'clock and get the kids to What? Like, there are things that you have to do when you have children that moves you from being somebody that doesn't have kids to being a parent. And the first thing you have to do as a parent is you have to start saying, you know what? There's some ways that I like, but I'm in a season where their ways have to be a bigger deal. You say, Mickey, how did y'all do that? I ain't got that much time. And I'm not going to say we did it right. Luckily, God blessed us with some amazing kids that, like I said, they, they ended up more like their amazing, loving mom than they did the dad. And I'm thankful for that. But it's one of those things as you move forward, one of the things I want to tell you is, you know what, as a parent, my biggest piece of encouragement is start acting like a parent. Because I'm telling you, I, I carry mine around. I'm not doing this message today. I carry a marble around with me. You only got so many marbles. And all of a sudden, you're going to blink, and your child, like, I say this, and people always get mad. Chris and Mahone will get mad at me every time I say this. Parenting's the only love that God created where the ultimate goal was separation. Just let that sink in for a minute. Parenting is the only love that God created where the ultimate goal was separation. Now, for all of you adult children, and parents love it when you come back. That's why we don't just wait for Thanksgiving and holidays. Like, like everybody wants the kids to always come back home. But it's one of those things you only got so many marbles. And so you better seize those moments. And the way you don't seize them is by having kids, but then just dragging them everywhere you want them to go. you got a brief season with that. You say, Mickey, why are you talking about that? Honestly, I'm talking about that because I really ain't talking about parents. I want to talk about us as a church. You know what we can't do as a church? We can't pray that we have children and have children's ministry and then act like they ain't kids running around. If I have another person that tells me, oh, Mickey, I... I'd really love to pour into those children, but man, I just love the service. I don't want to miss the message. And they think they're telling me something positive. But a part of us, when we talk about baby and child dedication, is we're fixing to come alongside some amazing parents. And we can't tell people that we want God to bless them, we want God to multiply them, and we want our church to grow in children, and then act like we ain't got kids. We can't throw parties and be like, this is just for the adults and the kids aren't invited. Hey, we're going to do, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, as a church, can I ask a question? Are we a church that has a children's ministry to relieve parents so that they can have some time in God's Word? Or are we a church that has a children's ministry because we care about children and we want them to know Jesus? I'm going to vote for the second. And I'm going to shut up because I'm, I'm meddling right now and I need to get back to preaching. But I just want to tell you, like, what I'm coming with you today as we move forward in this is I, I want you to understand the gravity of what your role is. And for everybody in the room that's over 50, just because you raise children and you're in grandchildren mode, you ain't done. I don't know of a person that has more experience and knows what to do more than grandparents, 
Y'all are the perfect ones to help in some of these areas. But this scripture that's talking about is he's saying, you know what? You raise a kid in the way that he wants to do it, and don't be surprised later on when he's still doing it that way. In fact, this isn't a day about discipline, but you can go to Proverbs chapter 22 at the end of this, around 14, and it talks about some discipline stuff. You can go over to chapter 23, and it talks about some discipline stuff. Now, I'm not up here talking about spanking or not spanking. I don't want Dr. Spock to run over in his grave and be like, oh, we don't hurt their little self-esteem. I'm just telling you what God's Word says. God, God's Word says that you, you're going you're gonna to let them know that, that there's a will in them, and that if you let them stay in that will, don't be surprised when they don't walk out of it. I get so tickled at parents that go, like, oh, I, it's okay, I'm going to leave him alone. He just, he, you know, he, he just going through a little stage, like he'll grow out of that. You better be careful because sometimes they don't. I, I, I've watched children that say stuff and do stuff to their mom, and I'm like, they say, hey, you, your kids ever say that to Amy? I said, once. <laughs> I think they did one time. And so I want to empower you and empower us as a church to what do we need to do to actually move forward and raise up a generation that's going to be life-giving, Jesus followers, functioning in this society. Number one thing we got to do, what I just read, we got to make sure that people understand that what they think is the way, the way of their mouth, their will, that ain't it. We ain't going to let you stay with just your own selfish desires. In fact, if we go to Abraham, that's what I was talking about just a minute ago. In Genesis, this is where this is actually linked. It's Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. It says, For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household. And if you have a paperback, I want you to underline these words. After him. See, Abraham is going to have this promise put on his life. And God is literally saying, you know what, I'm going to let him command his household and his children and even nations. But he says, but, but he's going to do it after him. In other words, he's going to model the behavior first. And, and so, you know, a lot of times we talk about different things. We're talking about wins and losses, and I see enough orange in the room and everything. But I want you to see something that really matters. I want to put light. Coach Tony Williams, come up here for a minute. He has no idea. He's like, what in the world just happened? I didn't say nothing. I want you to come up here on stage with me, please. I want you to see a coach. Coach Tony is the head basketball coach at Cleveland High School for the Lady Raiders. And he has went through, yes, and he has went through this course, made a commitment, been commissioned, and has said he will coach the heart more than the scoreboard. Yes, I think that's worth a round of applause. And all I want to do, I want you guys to stand up. I want you to put your hands out towards this stage because I want to acknowledge your commitment, and I want to pray over everything that's fixing to be your basketball season. And I want you to know that as long as you stay true, Coach, we will support you. We need more coaches that look at the heart more than the record. And I pray that God blesses you and allows you to accomplish things on the court 
so that when people ask you how are things changing, you can tell them you went after their heart first. Will you guys reach out your hands towards Coach Williams? Lord, I thank you so much for Coach Williams. I thank you so much for Tony and what he means to our church and what he means to our community and what he means to an amazing group of amazing ladies called the Cleveland Lady Raiders. And I pray that you bless them. I pray that you give him an amazing season. Lord, I pray that he accomplishes some things that they've set down as team goals. But more importantly, I pray you continue to help him to be a father to some ladies that need a, a male role model and help him to coach the heart more than just the athlete and the scoreboard. Help him to present himself as a living sacrifice and help him to acknowledge you on the court. May everything he does, from being on the court, from practice to games and the way people see him, may they see you in him more than anything. Lord, we're not asking to take away his competitiveness. We're not asking him to be something he's not. We're just asking for you to multiply him and put your light on him because we know he'll put that light on others. It's your name we pray. Amen. Will you guys give it up for Coach Tony? Thank you for letting me do that, my friend. I love you. Thank you. And so you guys can grab a seat. We'll jump back in. The reason why I wanted to take a moment and do that, and the reason why I wanted you guys to see uh, Matt Moore as the area director, because because these are some of the things that, that we are pouring into. And God is changing that. But listen to me. This scripture, can I go back to the scripture? It's talking about the aspect of, for I have chosen him that he may command his children in his household after him. Like, I want you to know that more is caught than taught. Like, I love the people that say, hey, do as I say, not as I do. Just so you'll know, that doesn't work. It doesn't work as an employee. It doesn't work as an employer. It doesn't work as a parent. It doesn't work as a spouse. There is nothing in your life that that fits. But what God was telling Abraham, who would end up being the father of many nations, he's saying, I tell you what, if you'll do it first, you'll model and they'll follow. So what does he ask them to do? Two things, and I'm done. The first thing, he says, to model, or I'm sorry, for I have chosen him that he may uh, command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. Then he gives them two ways in which you'll keep the way of the Lord. So rather than the way of the mouth, we're talking about the way of the Lord. Number one, doing righteousness. And number two, justice. And then there's a so that. So that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. See, I, I want you to understand this. I I have a major, major desire for every one of you. Like I tell people all the time, the hardest thing about being a pastor is when you want something for somebody more than they want for themselves. And I want you to know that as long as you, like I'm, I'm not going to, I'm never going to parent you because, because you guys are too stubborn. Y'all like me, all right? And so, but it's one of those things, but I am going to pastor you. And I'm going to let you know, you can't continue to do your own way and expect to like, like get everything God's promised. But if you will model the behavior, and you say, well, well, I don't know, how do I model that? Okay, I'll, I'll put myself on the spot. I'm not always right, but follow me. I'll commit to you that in my righteousness towards the Lord and in justice, I will model for you the behavior. And when we come in here to have, I'm going I'm to give you God's word. We're not going to get all, ooh, we, we visitor sensitive. We're going to be seeker friendly. We want to make, everybody's welcome. And we're going to study God's word. And this is what God's word says. 
And we're not going to back off of that word. Because he has promises that he has for you and for your children. He has promises for this church and for generations to come that will be known as this church. And that's what we're committing today. And I love the fact that the two things he wanted him to do to follow after the Lord was, was righteousness and justice. See, one was talking about loving God. The other was talking about loving people. And one of them, he says, you know what? With your righteousness, love God well. Live a godly life. And with justice, he's like, love people well. Be kind and be just and treat people the way that they should be respected and treated. You say, well, Mickey, what does this, this got to do with us and where we're at? Well, it has a lot. Because I believe that what you're fixing to see is several families. They're going to slowly line up over here. And we're going to present them to you. And I want you to know that this isn't like a warm, fuzzy, like, oh, isn't this sweet? Little child baby dedication. This is No, I'm, I'm, I'm directly calling you out. Like, the reason why I brought Coach Tony up here is because him and I have had major conversations. And I know the commitment that he's made. And so I don't have to call it because I know that no matter what's going on, like, like I'll go to the ball games. And I, can just, he'll just, I can look at him. And he's like, no, I, I'm going to have to, hmm, dang pastor's here. And he knows he can do the same for me. In fact, you want me to tell you the funniest thing? When him and I go eat somewhere or go play golf together, we, I've never seen people look at us so strangely. What is the pastor whose church meets at Bradley High School and is the chaplain at Bradley doing hanging out with that guy from Cleveland? Listen, it's called love. It's called focusing on what matters and rebuking what doesn't. Like the sooner we all can get off of this rivalry kick and start loving kids well and motivating kids well, it's going to change everything. Rivalries are great to sell tickets, but they really don't matter much in life. And I want you to join with me as we recognize some families and say, you know what, no matter what's to come, we're not going to let things that don't matter keep us from the things that do matter. Like, God has blessed these families with these children so that they can raise them in the Lord so that they will end up knowing the promises that God has for them. And as a church, we've got to lead the way in modeling what the right way is by the way we love God and the way we love people. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you don't miss out. Also, if you want to help support reaching more people with these life-giving messages, visit crossroadscommunitychurch.com slash give. Once again, thanks for listening.